Welcome to Earthlight Cafe Podcast. I am Sienna. And I'm Senna. And here today we're going to be introducing and welcoming Lucas. Thank you. We are so delighted that you're here and we are so excited to be back. Yeah. Welcome to season two of the Earthlight Cafe Podcast. Woo-hoo. And we got our new scene. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, a lot's been happening uh, for the Earthlight Cafe over the past several months. Yeah. Um, yeah, we finished up season one back in the spring, and over the summer we had lots of incredible events. We were doing pop-up parties down at the park, mm-hmm. lots of mindfulness kids activities, dance Pilates, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, mini tantra workshop, and uh, we had our first Remember Fest retreat, a family-friendly retreat that... Um, was a freaking great turnout. Yeah. We had 18 kids, 53 Took people off. total, and it was transformative, truthfully, for so many people that attended and for myself. Yeah. And yeah, agree. Yeah, and it's just been incredible, just the connections that's been made since mm-hmm. um, the beginning of this. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So... We also had our, our first equinox, and here we are, October 2021. <laughs> Today is Tuesday, October 6th. Mm-hmm. It is the day of the Libra new moon. Um, so setting your intentions today. Dark moon, actually. Oh, dark moon. <clears throat> I also heard it as a double moon. Ooh, new moon, what? Which was I got a research. I didn't even. <laughs> I, I actually, I need to double check this because I'm like, what is that? I don't really know what that is. <laughs> But as an energy update, we have entered the Libra season, and Libra is all about, uh, it's an air sign, but it's also all about balance, justice. Um, It's a really great time to uh, look inside yourself, look inside your uh, life, um, how you are connected with community, with nature, in relationships, um, and balancing of the masculinity and the the femininity within yourself and also... um, externally and that's what we're going to be talking about today we're going to be discussing more about um what it means to be balanced what it means um to embody the sacred masculinity and divine femininity what that is and um we are so grateful and just um so so humbled and honored to have Lucas here with us today. Thank you so much. Yes, thank <laughs> you. So, yeah, Lucas, um, we met uh, a couple months ago, right before our Remember Fest. We uh, met at a festival, um, and the the High Vibes Festival in Bellingham, Washington, and um, we got to talking, and I, I overheard lots of. Just incredible wisdom from your travels. Mm-hmm. So Lucas is from Colombia, and we're going to hear just so much um, about um, the the wisdom that he's gained over his travels. Uh, he's uh, here in the states from Colombia and um, spreading his knowledge and wisdom on the many, many, many avenues <laughs> that he embodies so much knowledge in and. We're delighted to have you here and um, welcome. Thank you so much. Like it was so beautiful to have this uh, being part of the Remember Fest because, as you said, also for me it was very transformative and it was mm-hmm. so intimate and personal. So it was way better than I expected to have like this small kind of festival, especially the, the circle work we did was very showing me. Um, I almost had like a 
yeah, it was almost like a psychedelic uh, experience just wow. the, at the end of the circle where I saw you when you finished that. That was the moment where all of a sudden I saw you in a very different light. Whoa. And uh, yeah, so that moment I, I knew that there is more for me to engage with and, and connect with. And then just a couple weeks later, we had the equinox and then I really felt again in my element and it, it reminded me why, why I'm travel, traveling and that I have mm. things that uh, I can share where really resonates with especially the world here because in Colombia it's the energies are so different and also the lifestyle that I'm living here it's like out of the city in the jungle where it's here like a totally different jungle yeah <laughs> you know, <it's>, uh, <laughs> these polarities it's so beautiful to explore and also like we talked about uh, today about balances it's also about the balance between two polarities masculine and feminine day and night darkness and light mm-hmm. so it's beautiful to to feel these two extremes because only then you know where your middle is mm-hmm. you know, if you Absolutely. can explore both the wild and the holy you know, then you can see where am i fitting in, in the into the spectrum what is the balance for me yeah yes absolutely that's beautiful and um so what brought you to i guess here specifically like was it just connection or was it i would <clears throat> love to know the synchronicities that brought you to like us really yeah, so that is um, <laughs> that it's for me even hard to explain myself because when I was in Colombia, I felt some kind of draft uplifting me to to travel again, and for for a moment, I was still like concerned about COVID and all of mm-hmm. these restrictions. But something told me, you know, just do the leap of faith. Don't even plan anything. So I didn't. <laughs> I arrived here. I got picked up, and then one thing after another led, and I planned none of this. Wow. I didn't plan to reach out to any festivals or communities. It all happened by itself. I just came here to visit a friend um, to see what happens from then, and it was so fast how um, it evolved by itself without me trying. Yeah. Yeah. The many opportunities that have come with you just being here we, yeah. so we met at this festival and I heard you talking about the, the symbiosis and the connection with nature and I was like oh my god you're the missing piece for um, our remember fest mm-hmm. and it was right after we spoke and after I requested to ask you if you wanted to come speak at the Rem- remember fest that I was like you walked away. I went to my van and I just wrote down the whole schedule. And I like, was like, okay, this is it. This is what we needed. We we had our um, let's talk about it circle work. And then we had heart-centered therapy with Lauren Jules, which was incredible. And really great that we had that right after my circle because that was a very like, beautiful, <laughs> intense circle. It was, yeah. And then, and then coming back into like connecting with the earth, we had reconnecting with the roots, uh, with your roots, um, uh, workshop and talk with you mm-hmm. and just um, so grounding right after. It was so grounding. Literally. And like, right as we were so cool. eating and yeah. you're telling us, you know, eat with your hands. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, the, all the, all the opportunities that have come since you've also done a cryptocurrency workshop and totally different spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, that's, yeah fantastic and um and then you and i were we were working on building a workshop 
um, called Holy Body Wild Soul, which was going to be a six-hour all-day tantra workshop. Um, six hours, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for last. <laughs> well, session. actually, it is. Um, I, it's a compromise because actually, it is a ten-day, six hours oh. workshop in its wow. original form. Yeah. Uh, but I understand, like in this context of people going to work, we sure. kind of like try to. Uh, merge it down but uh, eventually I would love to, to make it a retreat to the whole yeah. thing because then it's the full expansion and liberation of yeah. of consciousness and all I'm trying to do is always do it through experience rather to to theory yeah. which I feel like then people come up with the realizations on their own rather than believing somebody else's teaching Absolutely. yes yes yeah. I will definitely dig into more tantra I feel like it's very um integral part of how we can embody the sacred masculine and divine feminine within ourselves and your experience and teachings and stories are really profound so mm-hmm. um i'd love to get into that soon but but first i would love to hear more about um what you're doing down in Colombia and the community and yeah so back in 2012 it was literally that uh, right after the end of the mind calendar all of a sudden all my priorities in life changed and i wanted to live a more holistic life because the environment i was living in i felt like that's not how humans supposed to live so my focus was purely on permaculture so I went to Mexico, Costa Rica, and Peru, Ecuador, and in each of these countries I was living between six months and a year in different communities and very fast. I understood that it's not just about you know growing food or um, uh, on your own, but also like the whole social and spiritual part is is of the essence because no matter how abundant we have of organic food at um, when we not find this uh, connection between us then none of this matters so that's how i got into this and then i realized that um, practices of like a yogic life or tantric life is very helpful to deal with stress and frustration that we will face everywhere and your tolerance against that and and be more loving to one another this capacity just increases a lot and so i understood that this is a path and then once i started with my teacher to become a practitioner and then also a teacher later on i experienced a lot of growth in myself and then i just was wondering if I can share that and I was just doing this experimental friends only workshop and then they asked me can you do more can you do more and I was like I don't know anymore but then my teacher actually took me in as an apprentice oh, wow. and I had like mm, around 500 hours of coursework with groups that were huge like 100 to 150 people which is actually my favorite group size because the bigger the group, the more is this collective effect of feeling present. And if just one person has a major breakthrough, the other 149 people become witnesses of that. And the resistance of this could be real just lowers. And then the next day, there's maybe three. The next day, it's nine. And then, you know, over the 10 days workshop, we get like at least over half of the people a major breakthrough and all the other ones at least a very profound experience. So this is like uh, what I like to do more. And when I, every time I do that, I feel I'm thriving on life force energy. Like I, I don't need sleep. I, <laughs> <laughs> my immune system is, um, yeah, just invincible to everything. 
and so I would love to just spread that more and also this is why I'm so grateful for this opportunity that without me planning anything you are giving me this opportunity here at that our workshop and all of a sudden all of these memories these energies came back when my favorite part about these workshops is always the heart sharing circle in the end and people express what it did to them mm. and for me the most important part is like that they don't listen to me like as a guru because I'm not it's more like they become gurus because they will realize something about um, connection about energy that it is uh, an experience rather than a, a lecture yeah. and then it becomes a more bigger of a truth for them rather than something they, they need to just trust yeah and so uh, kind of like location wise where, where have you traveled where have you been teaching um, so I was mostly doing it in Europe um, there the um, connection to Tantra is very different to here people are way more open to it and they not it seems to be here reduced a lot to sexuality which is um, in one way unfortunate but in other way I accept it because I see it as a symptom rather as a problem. It, it shows to me that the sexuality part is the most um, part that basically calls for attention. Yeah. Like there is where we are most unbalanced. So like this, this need, hey, please just reduce it to that um, is something that we should uh, be aware of and maybe work in that way in a more aware and conscious way. Sure. But it is a reduction after all. The same thing as... Uh, when you say yoga and you just do asanas it's also reduction and uh, yes sexuality is a part of tantra but like tantra is about also philosophy morals the breath work the meditation i mean it's all about to go up to samadhi which is basically the path to enlightenment yeah. and um, so all of that together but like what i'm doing is something's called neo tantra and that means that we're not just teaching the pure 4,000-year-old lineage of Tantra because that is basically more designed for people that maybe came from that age. But when we come up with all our traumas and baggage, then it's like 50% of the original one and 50% it is basically to heal traumas, blockages that then allow us to practice the original one so gotcha. in, in the workshop is usually a pendulum between those two so we build up slowly to to back to this balance which is also the topic from today so yeah you're saying that neo-tantra is more so working through the blockages the traumas so then tantra is more so being able to have that experience of, yes uh, and I, I did a little re research when we were starting our workshop of like what does tantra mean and it means uh, it's translated to weave um, and the way that in my own words I've, I've interpreted and experienced it is um, it's, it's the, the expansion of consciousness yes. it's, it's being able to weave and experience both the, the masculinity and the femininity mm -hmm. and, um, and let's, let's dive into that a little bit more about um, maybe what we experience with what the divine feminine is what is the sacred masculine it, um, and then that way we can we can talk more about mm -hmm. the experiential experiences that you've had. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean I'm looking at you. I know, I know you, are. you have some like really really great uh, experience in this as well. And well, like your coaching work. And so it's interesting because actually at the uh, fall equinox, I it, that's what it's about as well. 
is balancing your masculine and feminine energies and so I did a ceremony and it was beautiful because it was 10 out of 10 it was, it was so, so fun because <laughs> we had kids there too and um, a lot of the parents just really appreciated that we were doing t ceremony with the children there and having them be able to see what it looks like to have that type of thing going on and so I mean my one of my missions in this world current world is uh, to bring balance to not only my own but to others through my own experiences and so personally in my own experience I have gone and when I was younger I was really in like the like masculine side very like stereotypical masculine stuff and very uh even in the toxic masculinity and um i like surrounded myself with boys i was just like never what's a girl it's <laughs> so boring and all that jazz and then when i got older and i started to take better care of my body i started to realize how um starved my feminine side was um, because I actually started having a lot of pain on my left side and I realized through my own studies that your left side represents the femininity and so then I started looking more into it and realized that I had been do-do-doing with no, no uh, path and that's really what femininity means to me is like your masculine side is there to be like okay sweet let's get this done I see your compass and I think I don't know who I'm referencing but I did read this in, in a book um, where they said that the feminine energy is the compass and the masculine energy is the hatchet and you're in the woods and <laughs> the feminine goes and says let's go that way and the masculine goes, sweet, let's do it, right? But when you're in toxic masculinity and toxic femininity, she doesn't feel, or they, I don't really believe in that, but anyways, the feminine doesn't believe, uh, doesn't believe that they can show you the way, so they kind of just quiet down and won't, <clears throat> don't feel like they can be heard. And then the masculine side goes, but we still need to do something. We have to do something. And so it just starts, hatching away in the wrong direction <laughs> until maybe you'll hear like a little peep from the feminines like um mate that's not really the right way and then the masculine gets frustrated and is like well what the heck do you want me to do okay mm -hmm. like i have to do something so fine i'll turn back around and go the other direction so anyways i feel like that's a really good example of <laughs> the toxicness that can happen and when they're working together it can be so productive not only within ourselves but when we're working with others in that aspect and you don't have to be a boy or girl for this to be a thing I think that's really important to say because we all have the feminine and masculine within yes. ourselves yes. yeah and I acknowledge that it can be those words also can be triggering. Yes. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> so triggering. So yeah. if you're getting triggered, take a moment, 
hold your heart and Maybe breathe. Maybe pause this yeah. and check in. What's coming up? Like, yeah. what are the thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. And Agreed. write them out. See, see what what this. Who's is Who's screaming at from. you? Like yeah. when 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 you hear that trigger, like who's who's yelling? Who's saying that's not true or like whatever it may be? And then try to soften yourself and like get really loving towards that voice and ask questions and figure out why it's feeling the need to defend yeah so badly and it's it's kind of coming through right now that I get, I can see that for people that um, don't feel that feel really restricted with a she and a he yeah. and like these boxes that um, are constricted constrictive and they have society like it's society's rules and expectations and what's placed upon you and it's not allowing you to be your full individual mm. self your your full free self you know um i can see that being a very triggering thing so Absolutely. yeah seeing that as like a oh well a masculine just means it's a he and it's a she it's yes. like that's not that's not necessarily I, what that is and, and i've seen other teachers also use other words like alpha omega to describe yeah. these things i've seen um the lgbtq um, use other language that um, uh, more so feels right to them. And so uh, for the purposes of this, this talk, um, we just want to acknowledge and validate and see you and yeah. recognize that, yeah, that, that, that is a potentially triggering um, word and experience as yeah. we were speaking. Yeah, for me, like the difference between, let's say, man and masculinity is like, for me, a man is an implementation of mm. masculinity mm -hmm. but they're not the same like for example let's say engineering would be also implementation of masculinity so we need to have this like you know when you say uh, a circle is a, a shape but the shape is not automatically a circle so it's like mm. this kind of like uh, the one is more over on top and so like we kind of need to understand that and that's why we have all masculine and femininity because we both can implement it yeah. and just maybe just on the physical part we can maybe just implement one of them because we have maybe one gender but then all the other parts we can do art we can do engineering so it's, we can implement both both and for me like just when it comes to these energies i feel like the masculinity builds the frame uh, that femininity can paint inside mm, and like uh, so so it kind of like enables both because just the frame on its own is yeah empty and um, yeah without the frame you cannot paint and like I can build my own frame to paint inside so that's kind of like I have both that in me and then also in the relationship it's the same same thing yeah beautiful and I, and I would like to name the like uh, words are something <clears throat> that people take advantage of and like use to trigger you or they claim them and then they mess with them to work in their their way to manipulate you. And so a word that keeps coming up is like bitch, <laughs> sorry for the class of words, but like that word used to be like, I actually watched this really cool Netflix show that showed, the, like, history of the word bitch, which was really cool. Literally used to be female dog, and before that was even something else. But it, it evolves, it develops, and people will take it and use it and create a context behind it. And now women are like, no, we're taking that back. Like, you can't just go 
and use a word against us. It's just a word. So instead, I am now claiming that I'm a boss bitch instead of the other way around where you're just like demeaning me with. So I believe that the same could do with feminine and masculine word. Those terms were not meant to be a word that deemed you to go inside a box and be a certain way. Like you could go across the world and I guarantee that, and Lucas can speak more to this, that masculine and feminine are portrayed differently in all across the world, which to me just proves that the American society has used those words to manipulate you into feeling like you have to wear pink if you're a girl and you have to be feminine. You gotta be that feminine woman or that masculine man, don't cry. And we know now as like we're waking up that these are not what actually defines the masculine and feminine. So why would you stop using the words and substitute the words and tiptoe around the words because all you're doing is giving more power to the people that wanted to manipulate you with the words. Like, it's like... In other words, also, like, pussy and virgin, the word virgin, originally means a woman that owned herself, Mm -hmm. that was her own. It did not mean anything that had to do with her sexuality. And so, and I I love that you brought up um, toxic masculinity, toxic femininity, because we see that in in our society with a very um, patriarchal society. um, And... Truthfully, from in my experience over the past few years, like um, one of my triggerings since being raised Catholic was uh, a he god, and I had so much anger around that being shamed as being a woman, being a girl, being just born a girl, like from from my whole life, just like oh. Ooh, yeah, there's, I'm still a little passionate about this, <laughs> but, but I've like kind of come to terms with realizing and understanding that as long as I have these judgments and this um, anger towards a he God, which first of my, I do, do believe that is not a he God. <laughs> I believe that man has taken that as a, um, uh, um, how do you say for, for their own agenda essentially and um but but more so it's it's a it's a one we are one uh, it's it's both it's a, if anything they're a they yeah <laughs> for sure <laughs> i think so but i had to i had to dig into that and i had to heal that and um i had to see also i mean a lot of like my childhood stuff too about like where i didn't feel like i was supported in a masculine way from my father or um in my society and in my upbringing and then also yeah i i have grown up in this society this western world of you know needing to push need to do need to strive need to achieve need to like go harder need to make more need to get a corporate job in order to be success in order to be like someone that's worthy of love you know and like yeah, no, that's toxic. It, it, it's it's <laughs> yeah. taken me and has broken me down in my 20s with health issues. And I've talked about this on a few of our, our former podcasts. But um, yeah, essentially realizing it's like, 
this is not the way I want to do things anymore. And I've been able to learn more about my my own femininity and the way that you and I are doing business Mm -hmm. together. I kind of want to share that a little bit. We, since the beginning of Earthlight, have made it an intention to do business differently Mm -hmm. and to honor our cycles and to honor our bodies and to honor um, in our cycles. We have... We, we even keep track of our own cycles <laughs> and we know when the other person's in. And so in, a, in your menstrual cycle, you have your, um, your winter. Uh, that's the first, you know, usually in the first few days, maybe even before you start menses. Um, you have your first week in winter. Um, yeah, and then so you're like, like right, you might feel isolated and you just like <laughs> want to go in. But it's also when you are... A, beautiful channel maybe maybe this is a great time for creativity maybe this is a time to just really go inward and then um you have your spring and your summer and then you have your fall so your spring and your summer you might have more heightened energy more external um uh energy and um that's more of your productivity and then your fall is like you're kind of preparing for winter again so um your spring and summer is your masculine and then um uh, fall and winter are the feminine and so we acknowledge each other's cycles and where we're at in our cycles and what's awesome about running a two-person woman business yeah. <laughs> is that when I'm in my spring and my summer and she's in her fall and her winter she's getting nothing done I'm getting everything done and yeah. then when I'm down I'm like I can't do this <laughs> like I got you <laughs> and so things keep moving yeah. and um, yeah. I think it's a really beautiful way and lastly I want to name that with our we're we're embodying like our feminine energy we're recognizing that it's the energy that we are curating and the spaces that we are envisioning and seeing the inclusion of both the masculinity the femininity of all peoples all genders of all vaccination statuses of all the things (laughs) everyone is included everyone is welcome Everyone is welcome, and it's the energy that we're creating, the femininity that we are em- embodying and envisioning together, that we are then able to make use, the frame for it. Make the frame for it. <laughs> yeah. And and I was gonna lastly touch on I love what you said about that shape, and also um, analogy, and and also just the way I see it too is, and I've heard before is like the masculinity is like the riverbanks and the um the femininity is the flow mm-hmm. and what i also like that uh, you mentioned a little bit about the words you know how we have certain words for masculine and femininity but when we speak when we use language it, it activates so much to, like the the language processing part of our, our brain so what i like to do with people to get them out of that and in, in our workshop we do this you know many of these games so we put people more in realization and experience so for example instead of talking about femininity and masculinity we'll let them play it out so basically what and one of the exercises like i create this like theater or, or kind of like a catwalk and i invite people to just um, show off over exaggerated femininity and masculinity so for example the women what may be and i i say to them whatever it means to you right so like, you know, the women maybe started to walk like fairies, like ballerinas, you know, very like soft movements and uh, dancing and being playful. And then uh, then I asked the man to depict over-exaggerate masculinity. 
and you will have people maybe doing the gorilla or maybe walking like a soldier or something like that. And, you know, then I ask like, okay, so do you feel that the way it was, the femininity was shown, the sacred divine way of femininity? And they were like, yeah, that, that was nice. And like maybe some women hold the baby and stuff like that. And then when I asked the same thing about the masculinity, then people like, oh no, I don't feel like the gorilla or the soldier is like sick masculinity. I was like, cool, okay, then maybe let's do it again. Let's uh, now, women, same as men, are invited to basically um, play, play out sacred masculinity. And the results are very, you know, reflecting of our society because people really unsure what to do. They were like, uh, they either walk normally or they're nothing, or they just think for 10 minutes what they should do. And this mirrors that the identity and purpose of masculinity in our world today is very lost. It's, it's kind of like unknown, it's confused, where, what it actually supposed to be in its sacred way. So you could say, for example, it's toxic, or you can say it's not even present or, or, or confused. And then, so it's all about like rediscovering that. And I feel like since the femininity is more in line with its, uh, in its divine form, uh, and it's like, you know, the yin to the yang, like that we can try to shape the masculinity back. So basically the, the medicine to heal masculinity is the femininity. And so I, I try to always also invite the women to, uh, in my class to not just expect a man to be in a sacred family but like help him to to find it again because a man on its own will have challenge with that like we basically teach what is politically correct respect the women and stuff like that but you know that is just um, the basic but when we go into the sacred thing that is way more and so with with the time to be trying to put people into this experience to feel the sacredness and sometimes uh, some men will all of a sudden have this maybe protective instinct of like oh yeah that's a part of it or, or the providing or, or many other things too where they feel this like strong masculine energy there and it's not about to dominate but rather to protect and then from then on we can work on and let the couple work with the microcosmic orbit and let the energy circulate where it's not like just uh, what I'm doing here because men feel very insecure these days about their masculinity because yeah they don't know what they're supposed to do well they were suppressed and yeah in their own ways in so yeah. many ways yeah. yeah you're not allowed to cry not to show emotion yeah. like be tougher be bigger be stronger yeah. you know like hold it all in take you know fight violence like yeah uh, and I, when you're talking about the sacred masculine, a few of the words that are popping into my mind was like, um, yeah, other than protect, but also like purpose, ground, yeah. um, serve, hold. Yes. Like, um, exactly. it's just, yeah, it's very, very beautiful. I love hearing you speak. Yeah. So we, we did a little bit of um, some Tantra training as we were preparing for the workshop. And um, one of the, the beautiful things that you, you taught me was like the energetics of, of the, posi- uh, po- the positive and the negative aspects. Can you talk a bit more about that? You mentioned the yin-yang. Can you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to. Maybe maybe we can put this uh, later on the podcast like an image. Yeah. Uh, but if you see uh, yin-yang in front of you right now, then you have the two sides. So 
remember like that the masculine side is the white and it uh, this shape comes from down so that is basically the positive part of the man which is coming from the lingam goes into the yoni and then the warm the woman transforms this energy puts it into her heart and then gives it back to the man so this is the upper part the black part and it circulates yeah. and so she's the receiving the negative and then her heart is the positive. Exactly. And the man has here the negative and down there the positive. And then he's the positive. So in the Tantra exercises, we will do in all different kinds of forms, we'll do this breathing, visualization, and basically this pumping of energy in the circle. And this can be done without any kind of uh, penetration or anything like that. Just me sitting in front of you and we can breathe in this synchronicity and circle the energy until we feel it because um, when we're just doing that then the sensitivity is heightened and not be dumped down by so much other um, you know stimuli mm -hmm. so we let couples to do this work for a while until they can develop the sense for that and another thing what I wanted to share is about that I feel like in our society for the last centuries you know the the lower plus minus poles which would be also the penetration like this has been active all the time and the energy was flowing always from masculine to the feminine but then on the hard side where we seem to be more blocked and, and confused and traumatized in our lives that's where a lot of energy is actually blocked so um, we do not have this balance where energy is going in circles but it's actually getting stuck and then the women get very um, uh, oh, uh, very emotional and uh, they don't know where it's coming from and we just tell them don't be so emotional but like it's it's basically we need to recognize that that is coming from this this one gate being open and the other is not and the men feel always so um, yeah empty and they thrive all the time uh, to or, or like urge for like getting this energy back and they feel like when they grab a woman they, they can suck this energy off her you know because they know they need to feed off that somehow but the more they just take without permission the more this gate locks more so like it's has been this downward spiral of, of locking and so now it's our work to basically reverse this and let the energy fully circulate um, again and so just when people get this experience once then they are hooked and they're like okay now I don't need to believe now I know and they start to practice it on a regular basis. Oh, I was gonna say this is really interesting because um, my husband and I just recently I had started seeing a craniosacral uh, therapist and she had me like open up and I was like bawling you know <laughs> tons of years of yeah holding in right and she was able to again good example she's a she and yet she was able to hold that masculine energy and really like i would say things and she would be so neutral about it mm. and she would just be like uh-huh and i would just feel like i can let go of that now like it's almost like her not giving it any context allowed me to just say it and then it just be free of me but so anyways, uh, that weekend afterwards, I needed to let out more, but I didn't know how to lean on somebody else for it because I 
had had that like toxic femininity idea that like I need to hold in and not be so emotional and even though she had opened me up and I was already having so much energy from it and the goodness of it I still was kind of holding on to that limiting belief and so my partner my husband he like I was having weirdness and I was like <laughs> on Sunday <laughs> so it was like a couple days later I like was growling and I was just like trying to let it out in different ways <laughs> and my sweet husband he's like are you okay <laughs> and I was like yeah I'm fine and then I caught myself and I was like meditating and I was like I'm not fine and he asked me if I was okay he would not just ask me if I was okay just ask me like I have an opportunity he is like willing to hold space for me and wants to do that and he had asked me in the past to do that because in the past and listen women or feminine people like in the past what I would do is I would say I'm fine build 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 then explode on him instead and then he'd be like why didn't you talk to me about this earlier like if you would have just left this out earlier it wouldn't have built up and I'm like that's a great point. And he's like, I'd really like if you would just open up to me. So finally, we're here. And I, like, was like, I actually need to tell you what's going on. He's like, okay, great. <laughs> and so when I started talking about it, I started crying. And um, he came over and he started hugging me. And I cried even harder, of course. And then I sat with him and I just cried and cried and cried. And usually I don't cry like that with him unless it's a topic that he's triggered within me. And um, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just natural in a healthy relationship. Uh, <laughs> that like, and um, so for me to come to him with stuff that doesn't have anything to do with him felt very too, too scary, too vulnerable. So when I started crying, and like letting it all out with him and just literally it was like an hour or so I finally like was like there's just a part of me that doesn't feel I feel like I'm a burden to you when I when I cry like this just for random reasons and my teenage self had to hear it so I had to ask the question and I said am I being a burden to you and the reason why I bring this up is because he said no He's like, if anything, what you do is you're making me feel like valued, important. Like this makes me feel good that I can be here for you in this way yes. and that you feel safe to be held by me while you cry. You enable his masculinity. Exactly. The sacred masculinity. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> like I have been subconsciously not even mean to, but I've been selfish. Like to like not not no no I mean that in the least like yeah. no I'm not trying to like be mean to myself right now I'm trying <laughs> but like I I I didn't mean to it's kind of like when you're a people pleaser and you're like trying to like do the best by other people so you like manipulate the situation but it actually hurts them it's the same type of thing where it's like me not actually being vulnerable and giving this intimate moment to my husband it it was it was making it so he wasn't able to feel that value of being my husband. Yes. So anyways, Beautiful. I just thought that was really cool. Thank you for I'm sharing this. I'm so grateful you shared that. Yeah. I yeah. feel like that's where I'm at right now. Like in the, even in this moment, like I feel like I have so much like here 
and I just feel like I'm like in my very like masculine mode these mm. days because mm-hmm. like I'm a mom I gotta like I got a routine I gotta run the fort I gotta work like I'm I'm still in this mode and like I just kind of want someone to be like dude I got you and just like ground me and then let me like oh, okay. oh. <laughs> yeah melt yeah <laughs> for uh, sure yeah because I like I feel like I'm I'm the ground yeah yeah mm. yeah so thank you for bringing that up because that just brought such a extra depth to that so I would just say to people out there that are listening that like if you're feeling that one way or the other whatever way it may be if you're the masculine energy in the relationship then like and you're feeling depleted then like come to your partner and let them know that they're safe because the feminine energy in the relationship doesn't always feel safe or worthy or they feel like they're being a burden or whatever it may be because that's what we've been taught and that's what the generational trauma has continued to bring up in us and it is our duty in this in this time to heal that and the only way for us to become one again to become balanced within ourselves and balanced with others is if we start talking about this and using because we aren't telepathic and empaths all of us quite yet so it's important for us to use our words in the most intentional intimate like vulnerable way that you can mm-hmm. yeah and i want to name too that for those that don't have partners yes i mean too i mean i'm, I I'm do the it. other half of the yes, story as this well is true. because we hung out the next day and yeah. you asked me as well as like can i come to you am i a burden to you and i'm like yeah hell yeah you can come to me <laughs> please come to me and, yeah. and what i love about our, so our friendship and our relationship we've been developing over the past few years also has been you know like we, we will come to each other and be like hey can i vent mm-hmm. and then i see you like you will do it like a straight up sienna impression okay be a friend and and I have been that for you as well like and and you've been that for me and it's it's really it's really cool to have that um I I never had that till this past couple years and it's a game changer really is and so I wanted to ask you Lucas because it is rare for us to have men on this (laughs) podcast so, you know, you've been talking about other people's experiences. You've been talking about, like, the classes you've done and everything. But I want to know what was, like, the what was the trigger words for you growing up? And what was, like, the turning point for you when it came to, like, realizing, oh, I need to, like, have my heart open more or whatever your, whatever's coming up to you. Like, how did you – when's the first time that you experienced – sacred masculinity and divine femininity, I guess. And real quickly, you're from Poland, right? I was born in Poland, but I grew up in Germany, and then I moved to many different other countries, went to school in, here in the United States, and then, you know, has been many different places. And But I was mostly raised 
kind of more, I would say, mask uh, intellectual way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was all about engineering and technology. And even I remember with my first girlfriend, I was, we were often arguing what we would do, let's say this afternoon. And we would have like a, almost like I would say a fact-based discussion. And she would agree that I won the argument, like let's go to the movies <laughs> or whatever, sure. or to the lake. But she was still frustrated with me that I was always having the other arguments. But in my perspective, that was, yeah, but I, I didn't just push that on you. Like we both agreed, makes sense. But what I totally neglected back then is that I was only doing it on the intellectual level. Mm. And I kind of did not recognize this intuitive level on that too. And uh, I feel like she was on that side, but she could not articulate that or she could not kind of like show it to me. So it's like, mm. I don't mind to be wrong, but just show me that I am and I will admit. But then she was not able to verbalize that. And then later on in life, I realized that I cannot just stay always in the domain. It's, it's unfair because I'm stronger in my domain and she's strong in hers, but we always used my domain as a, as a mm. playing field. And then I realized way later in life that I need to make space for both, not neglect intellect completely, but take half of the space. And uh, then when I I started to move into way more feminine societies, which for me was not necessarily like a feminine movement, but rather going into nature where like alternative hippie communities was living there, where it was every day all about art and singing and emotional expression and holding and cuddling parties and all of that. Um, And that was very good for me because uh, I feel like I need to overcompensate. And in that um, society, I felt very, very well for a while. But also I understood that um, over going into the feminine side is also not the balance either. And to find this middle ground, it has been since then my, my journey to to merge these two into one cool yeah awesome well thank you i really appreciate that uh information yeah it's just it's always so interesting to hear other people's because we can talk about our stuff all the time but it's nice to have the guest Mm -hmm. here to be able to speak about your experiences um awesome yeah so i have a question so Mm -hmm. we, we talk about like the masculinity going into the femininity but can we go the opposite way and um, can you express, elaborate the question? Well, I mean, I guess maybe just answer my own question yeah. because of, I think I just did. But because um, we were talking about like the masculine is positive, uh, feminine is receiving, and it goes that way. Can you go the opposite way? Um, well, you always go in one way, but both is all the time receiving and giving, yeah. just at different uh, parts of, of, of the polarities, right? So it's yeah. like, I'm giving here and I'm receiving here and for a woman is vice versa. So it's not like one is giving more the other, but it, it goes always in one direction. Yes, um, we do sometimes reverse the polarities, not because that's how it should be, mm-hmm. because more of giving the, the, the couple an experience of how it is to be in different polarities, because once you, let's say, are born of one gender, you usually do not experience the other one. So one another exercise that we do for that is like we in Tantra, we have like this sacred um, position of Shiva Shakti, which is basically a man in a lotus pose and the woman on top, like 
wrapping her legs around him. And just with clothes on, we do the breathing size, the, the visualization of the microcosmic orbit and doing it the right way. But just for the experience of it, uh, after doing this for a couple of minutes, I reverse. So I put the woman into Shiva, which is the, the masculine part, and, uh, and the man and, and to Shakti, the female. And it's very beautiful because then both the couples understand a little bit this different polarity because the women, when they being in this position, all of a sudden they develop this like almost urge of like wanting to take, to penetrate, like all of a sudden they, they just take this man and they, they, they want to like really mm, merge, merge like, mm-hmm. and, and the man becomes so almost, I don't know, vulnerable and fragile and all of a sudden like, oh wait, but yeah, slow and, <laughs> and you know, they become very like, yes, yes, baby, but like, oh, hold on a second, you know, like that. And it's very beautiful to watch. And uh, when we go back into the original post, then both of the couples are allowed to keep the memory of what it was to be in the other position mm. and they become more conscious and understanding partners because they know what it is like to be and not just being told oh imagine imagine how to be a woman it's like no i don't need to imagine i i kind of experience it a little bit and now i understand okay when i'm too too fast or, or too too much like that what that causes in the other person and that is uh, way better form empathy is a way better form than just telling you yeah. You know, because then, then you're like, yeah, yeah, I heard this before. Mm-hmm. But when it becomes experience, it's like, wow, okay. You, you don't need self-discipline anymore to basically understand and be respectful. Because mm. you have like an, you have an anchor within yourself at yeah. that point of an experience. Yeah, yeah that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, you know, what question we didn't ask? <laughs> That we were like, we used to start our podcast, and maybe we can change this up if you don't want like to continue it. But something that our audience probably knows is that we usually start our podcast by asking the guest, um, "What does mindfulness mean to you?" And that was something that we just completely organically walked away from this time. But um, I would be curious to know uh, what does mindfulness mean to you. It's interesting because like. Um I speak uh, different languages, so it's like the same word would be very different in, mm. in different languages. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I kind of interesting is like when you p- split it up in parts, it's like mindful. Mm. And I would rather have when I have a meditation, it's like mind empty, like <laughs> mind clear, nice. and not because I feel all, often overcluttered in my mind. Sure. So it's like when I feel like mindful like no no that's <laughs> like I would rather have mind free or mind um, yeah calm rather than, than mindfulness and I know that full means to be like more aware and conscious that's what they're trying to say but you know words are spells are magic you know and they kind of already uh, imply what where you go with this so same thing with other words like understand do you understand do you stand under you know like i like this these kind of words that already put this like uh thing like when a, somebody asks you do you understand me it's like no i comprehend <laughs> you know so like i would not even know what to even to answer cool. you know, about mindful but like in general i feel like what you 
at this overall idea would always be awareness. Mm-hmm. And, and awareness, I mean, it's so uh, more powerful than we realize because any kind of problem we have, doesn't matter if a partner or if, let's say, our body or health or anything, usually the, the first ingredient is always start uh, to be aware and then something starts like an auto-regulation process, like something on its own. In nature, you see that all the time. Nature is aware of something and it starts to heal, you know, yeah. uh, a cut or, or something. Nature, a buck is taking over. So in permaculture, teach me a lot about that. So basically, when it comes to that, and that's what we try to teach with Tantra. And like an, an exercise for doing that would be like, I give you a raisin and try to eat that raisin in a way that um, you would try to every little molecule of, of sugar you try to taste it so take a whole hour to read that you know uh, to, to, to eat that to feel every little detail of it that kind of awareness and so same thing with like you know sacred uh, sexuality it's the same thing we, we have sex and it's such a dominant um, stimuli and all of these minor little um energy subtle energies are being overthrown it's just like f- try to feel all this information there's so much information there and we kind of like just get a small tip of that so when it comes to tantra we're trying to reverse back actually try to do just you know touch two fingers and just you know feel what can what kind of information is coming just from that before you even go further or just eye gazing eye contact or, or the, the less the more you can actually feel from it a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, what I'm hearing you say <laughs> is that it's it's all about like the mind-body connection, um, where you're activating the senses in the body and creating more awareness as well. Just another tangent. Of yes, it's. I would definitely say mind-body. Yes, but also not reduce it to that. It's just like Perfect. awareness about um, basically anything. Like if you want to start uh, resolving something. Don't even try to resolve it, just give it attention, just give it awareness. So like your natural intuition can take this information in, it will find a way to deal with it. And what we usually try to do is like try to distract, try to avoid it, because it hurts to actually give it pain, awareness or whatever it is. But you know, we're supposed to go through that and transform and then it comes. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, a new question came through. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd love to actually hear more about some of the transformations that you've gotten to witness when moving through blocks, um, either within your own personal experience or like in the exper- experiential experiences that you've offered. Ooh, wow, well, there are a, yeah, a lot. <laughs> so that could fill probably a couple take, podcasts. Take like Take a moment if you need yeah. to mm-hmm. pause like and find that one like that calls out to you. Well, maybe just the first one that came to my head was um, we had in our workshop in Lithuania, we had like a really big one and there was one girl that was going um, just through one exercise to a very deep process. Like she went to an epileptic shock, screams, you know, she was totally out of it and me and my my partner we we ran up to her we hold her and she was in it for at least two hours you know very intense and um, that was uh, you know for a lot of people um, can be frightening or or even like um, 
yeah, I don't want to call it disturbing, but like uh, insecure because of what is going on. But just like some people, you need to allow this because we always try to suppress. You know, somebody starts crying. He's like, oh, don't cry. It's like, no, like the opposite. Go like whatever makes you cry, penetrate deeper into that because not suppressing, but actually releasing. So like we encourage and if she needs two hours of, of workshop of crying and then the rest of the exercises are sacrificed for that, then that is the workshop. Mm-hmm. You know, we all only are there for enabling these moments and then let basically subconsciousness do its own work and I'm just uh, facilitating. doesn't matter if we do it to a holotropic breathing, rebirthing, mm, touches or, or even just conversations. Uh, we just want to allow a space where this can be finally released without feeling this insecurity that that is going to offend anyone or bother anyone. So this is where the transformation happens for a lot of people. And we had couples come in that told us like how they saved their marriage or how now they can live life like without those weights that they didn't even know they were there. But now they feel so much lifted of that. And these are these experiences that, you know, what usually come up either very directional or some people have it even in the silent way they'd be like just sitting there and like have this this inner work happening to them and then uh, you know they drop the bomb in the in the hot shrink circle where they release all of a sudden their realization people just standing there like draw dropping (laughs) and uh you know when people are the first time is hot sharing like they are so surprised and for me it's almost like you know i'm very used to having this and i feel like now the gurus are speaking so because the gurus are for me this higher consciousness that then finally uh, allowed to speak and I don't need to be a teacher anymore. I'm just uh, sitting, leaning back and let the... You're the student. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, let the, the circle be, the collective consciousness be like this, where they're bumping each other off these, these realizations. Yeah. And obviously I had very powerful um, transformation myself. Um, I, the first time I had a psychedelic experience in my life without taking any form of substances was through practices of Tantra, which was um, from very subtle to very powerful to even scary powerful, you know, mm-hmm. that um, maybe it's um, too much to go into detail right now, but like <clears throat> all of this has been a huge journey. And what I want to tell people is also to same as with yoga or meditation and all of these things it's like a process that it's not like these psychedelics with it's instant it's just something that develops over time and you need to build up the sensitivity for that so if you can stay with it just for um we say the first uh various 21 days then we we say um a couple of moon cycles and then uh, from then, then you see how it, it integrates in your life. And it's really hard to maintain these cycles in a world that's just in synchronous with the cycles of sun and moon, with the cycles of, of, your, of your own biology, of nature. So that's why it helped me also to do those in living in nature. And when I mean living in nature, I mean like 
that the place where I live, you cannot even enter with a car. Like you need to hike in with your backpack crossing mountains, rivers. There's nothing that is related to basically outside. Like just if I want to go to a store, buy something, it's a whole day trip. And living that far from it and uninterrupted gives me, allows my sensitivity to like just say, hey, can I come out? You feel safe now? And you know, but then it's also sometimes very intense to to go back into a city and also be overwhelmed. So basically what I'm trying to teach myself now is like this opening and closing of my 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 doors of perception. Mm-hmm. You know, to be like if I go to a city, like okay, close. And that's why I want to tell people an, an open heart or a closed heart or like an open heart is not always something good. You want to have it to be closed. You want to put your jacket on if, if you go into a cold environment. It's just important that you know how to open it again if it's the time is right. But since we are raised from very childhood on to close and keep it closed, these doors can crust up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it, it's a little bit uh, takes a while till we learn again to be consciously open and close them again. Hence Neo Tantra. <laughs> yeah. So Neo Tantra, I'm not sure if I explained it already. Like, we, we did. Oh, we, we did. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. And I really appreciate you, you talking um, uh, and bringing the, the aspect of nature in as well and um, the different the different energies and the balances and the, because it's, 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 a, it's a harmony. Mm-hmm. being one with nature yeah. um, finding that balance seeing it within yourself and also without it's a connection you experience um, I wanted to talk a little bit about balance and embodiment um, mm-hmm. what that might mean to you and how you might also if you want to go a little bit more into this about what embodiment of um, those are like the masculinity and the femininity within yourself embodiment of that I mean if I mm, embodiment of balance for me firstly means to really try to realize what it means to have a human life and how it's meant to be uh, lived and doesn't matter if you believe in God spirit revolution I feel like there is some overall intentional design like how we're supposed to live in balance and when we live outside of that, then our bodies age faster or, or have all these symptoms of basically telling you, hey, something is wrong, give me attention, give this attention and mm-hmm. try to find it back. You know, when Ayurveda, it's this whole concept of not even healing, it's just saying stop doing damage and then the healing will come by itself. You don't even need to do much of that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to basically try to find a way or remember that's why i like the remember fest it's like it's not even about learning it's about remembering because Mm -hmm. all of this information is in us Mm -hmm. because we have forgotten Mm -hmm. and every time i go into meditation or i work with tribes and 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 shamans i never get the sensation oh i just learned something it always is the sensation i knew this before i learned this hundreds thousand Mm -hmm. years ago and I it's like you know the sensation when you like um, go back to let's say the old school you went to it's like oh I remember this mm-hmm. this sensation I have the same sensation just for a memory that is older than my own age yes. and that's where I feel like oh yeah I'm resonating and like yeah maybe I cannot explain it scientifically but this emotion is 
the, the, the frequency of the emotion is just exact the same so like I try to integrate this in my life and, and the, one of the biggest parts for me is always like when I remember something to not forget again because I do sometimes and uh, then always to keep myself and going back to this sponge like I have this memory go back into that and when I do I feel like oh yeah I calm down I relax and uh, I, I trust again where before I was like stressing out or worried and uh, yeah if maybe at some point we could even have uh, another podcast when we can do it maybe over our zoom or skype or something like that where I can speak a little bit more about holistic lifestyle like we did on the remember fest because I feel like a lot of people overlooking what a healthy lifestyle is and yes. the ways of like you know they would take vitamin supplements or they would eat organic food or they would do exercise which is all makes it better but there's a difference between better and good yeah. you know I try to explain it by people it's like you know when you're in a car accident it's maybe better to only lose one arm versus losing two arms <laughs> but that does not make it good yet <laughs> so I also want to explain to them like uh, what is a better lifestyle and what is a good lifestyle and then my reasoning for how I explain the one or the other and then everyone for himself can decide if it resonates or makes sense for them yes. and maybe even try it out and see and experience it, how, yes. what effect it does on them Yes. Yeah. yeah. We we got some really great snapshots of video from your your lecture that day, yeah. and um, yeah, I'm excited. We would love to have another yeah. podcast. And yeah, part two mm. will be coming. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> if the, if the viewers are interested, maybe you can really ask for it. And if you, we see the interest in that, that will yeah. motivate us even more to to create that for you. Great. Yeah. 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 I like that. Did you have any other comments around embodiment, balance, wholeness? Um, um, I I did have something, and it has faded away. Okay. <laughs> and so, unless it comes back, I think sure. I'll I'll let it be. I spoke a lot about it at the beginning, so yeah. Yeah. What about well, you? One thing that kind of came through, and um, when I was speaking about like healing my triggers behind like a masculine god something i was doing um i had a coach last last year and she totally got me good of just like um where i was working through some like relationship kind of problem and and it was around like this distrust of men and um all this like anger was coming up and and you know when you when you when you have a, a sacred mirror of another person you know that's a mirror it's talking about something within yourself that you you're um seeking to listen to and um she said this one question she was like okay if you can't trust a masculine if you can't trust god <laughs> how can you if you can't receive love from god how can you receive love from a person how can you receive love from another um human and i was like from another man i was like oh dear goodness <laughs> good <laughs> and I guess where what kind of came through to me was just um like when in my own spiritual practice um like when I connect with light I I call in both and I call in one I just I father light and divine mother like um I call in both and and it's it's, it's I sometimes and like sometimes in times where like I feel like I need to be held 
I'll call in this, you know, like father light and um, did a lot of deep healing around that. But it's, it was also just this experience of like knowing that my wholeness is, isn't just this body, isn't just this soul, it's this heart, it's also my channel. It's, it's like reopening um, and accepting all aspects of myself. Um, the, the masculinity and the femininity and um, I personally have gone through um, can I, as I was saying before you know just um, a, a very I don't want to use the word toxic masculine but I'm going to use it for the sake the toxic masculinity for so many years then I really dove into my femininity but then I started to relearn what masculine is for yeah. myself Me and too. As I started to embody that and I started to develop trust within myself and how to ground myself and how to hold myself and how to talk to myself and how to um, create a relationship to myself, the father that I wish I had more of <laughs> um, in my life and the partner that I wish would, would talk to me. I, I've been learning how to envelop that and talk within myself. and. Um, I love that you brought up one of your psychedelic experiences. I, I had a psychedelic experience even myself uh, a couple of years ago where um, I had this realization, I had this whew, whole trip where I um, I uh, ignited my, my sacred masculine within myself and I had this beautiful um, ceremony and experience where I saw all these mirrors of all the men that have ever impacted me in my life and I see their faces and I recognized that they were all mirrors. They were all mirrors telling me and showing me that there is this within myself. And I saw this like spiraling, like white energy come up of just like, this is my masculine, I'm embodying my masculine. And then within a week, my twin flame shows up <laughs> into my external reality. And and um, that's a lot of my journey of just like uh, getting to uh, flow and learn what um, what I was we talked about this before as well just like our, our cycles getting to experience um, and really go into the depths of of our, our feminine times and um, I pour out my I love how you brought up when we were, we were hanging out the other day and you brought up how like a lot of my art is my feminine pouring out a lot of my emotion a lot of my like um, my, my deeper inner world coming out that's probably what's keeping me sane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, it's it's um, I, I I can't I can't not say embodiment without using the words you know as within so without. Yeah. 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 And the he god also does never resonate with me. And through my travels and my life path, I I realized that you know this word god is so overloaded. So I needed to find a way to what resonate with me and then I just try to find synonyms that would most likely resonate with that and for me that the same two words always came up and they all for me are basically a different sound for saying the same thing which is God love and truth so they always like for me they're just like the same word for that and yeah. every time I went deep into this when I left my body when I went to this collective consciousness ocean this is always what I felt. God, love, truth. Yeah. And uh, anything else to describe that would be just a reduction. 
mm-hmm. of of that. So it's like I cannot uh, go deeper into that, yeah. but that always resonated with me and love in this unconditional way and not in this like romantic way, not mm. in the way of like oh I want to be with you, I love you, which is basically fulfill my needs. Yeah. <laughs> Rather in this way, like no matter what you do. I love you and that's why I felt up there like there was no mm-hmm. sin there was nothing I did ever wrong there was like unconditional. yeah unconditional mm-hmm. um, the the one thing that is coming is um, <coughs> so within so without is it, I I personally have my own where I say you know I have a mantra to myself that I do sacred masculine divine feminine balance within my heart and I say that three times because that's the magic password Uh, (laughs) um, but I also do as above so below and uh, when you brought up talking about how it's important for you to you know balance your channel and open up your heart and everything of that manner it is also really important to uh, with like tantra work or whatever it may be right it's really important to open up your base chakra because for us to be able not only to heal ourselves is to then download it into mother gaia and being able to like uh <laughs> being sorry we're, we're we're trying to ha- we have a sensitive microphone we're trying yeah. to figure out things over here um <laughs> so being able to not only balance for yourself and balance for other humans, but also for Mother Gaia, because the more that we are able to balance ourselves, the easier the channel of download is able to go to her. And if we can continue this channel, it allows the grid of Mother Gaia to strengthen in her light and then in turn help others. It's just this beautiful cycle um, of uh, give and take in the same manner, right? That you were talking about where it's kind of that masculine feminine energy again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, you just got my channel opened. Yeah. <laughs> and I always wanna name that, yeah, this um, uh, connecting with the Earth's consciousness, Mother Gaia's consciousness, her divine light and we are her we yeah, are her exactly. consciousness That's we are so the important. transmissions and so when we embody this wholeness this light within ourselves we are also reconnecting with earth we are also we are earth we are nature we are <laughs> yeah and i love that you brought in the the remembering of this and um and then yeah I, for the terms that, that i use when i when i uh, call grid making like uh, bringing in and channeling this light to earth <coughs> earth light <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like. <laughs> um, we're activating that grid that that unconditional love unity consciousness um, fifth dimensional energies yes um, yeah. yeah so I feel like we're coming up on time here yeah. any other last words on this topic before we give Lucas, the floor for any shout outs and messages to our audience. Yeah, I definitely just feel like this is just part one podcast because there's so much more that us three could like be discussing. Totally. So I'm like, I actually just think I'm going to maybe need to like 
turn off the tap a little bit and <laughs> we'll move on, but we'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back. Awesome. All right. So, So, Lucas, do you have any messages for anyone that's listening to our viewers? Anything? Yeah. So, very soon I will return to South America where um, we have land there and we do a lot of permaculture work there. That if you would like to learn and to see how life is to live outside um, society off grid in the subtropics, which is. Uh, way easier and really beautiful and then also I will continue my work with the um, tribes and the shamans there which has been very powerful especially this year and if our people really want to have uh, a connection to authentic chance because there's a lot of you know questionable ones out there they just uh, want to work with tourists and it's not easy. Mm. It took me years and years living in this country, speaking the language fluently, until I could gain the trust that they would allow me into their inner circles. Wow. So now, if, if people would like to, to join that, I can be a gateway and maybe bring one or two people, not maybe two bigger groups. And maybe if they live with us for a while, they can do that too. There's also like no costs or anything I, I charge or something like that. I'm only trying to do this to spread this knowledge because these tribes are also on the verge of, I know, being extinct in a way of like they have trouble to forwarding their, their lineage. So maybe to witness that it is maybe the last opportunity in this decade. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not super sad about that because I understand that, you know, these cycles in life exist and they have to. And, you know, one lineage goes down and a new one will rise eventually and maybe the new one will be us. And it, maybe in 100 years they they will talk about us, you know, they started in this podcast and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> that was the early beginnings, but, you know, later on they will speak about that. So um, people are definitely invited to reach out and also... If you want to experience like Tantra in a very uh, beginner-friendly course um, with a lot of exercises and experiences rather than just reading books upon that, if you really like request that, reach out to the Earthlight Cafe. We can form a group, and if we have a group size where it makes sense to form actually a multiple-day course, which could be every week one day or just like every day for a whole week we can accommodate different ways so reach out and then we can plan that and i can come back maybe next summer or spring and and then we could maybe have a whole retreat to do that because i don't really have uh, a website i'm also not trying to create one or facilitate one because you know when i live far out in nature that's kind of difficult to maintain but since we have these light workers here that uh, that do that and they have a good connection to me you know they can always um bring me back from the jungle <laughs> into here yes. if, if if people are uh, wanting to experience yes cool. absolutely yeah. so um yeah if you have any interest in getting in contact with lucas you can email us earthlightcafe at gmail.com and that's uh, earthlight, E-A-R-T-H-L-I-T-E, cafe at gmail.com. And um, yeah, please, if you have any interest from this podcast, um, to definitely be able to share what you're interested in, what um, topic of podcast we could do next. If 
with Lucas. Um, if you're interested in a Tantra retreat or a workshop in the future, if you have any organizations or collaborations or, you know, this might be like an event that you would like to tack on as part of your retreat or your offering or any collaborations, I'm putting it out there for you. <laughs> yeah, give us an email and yeah, and then keep, um, keep up to date with us um, at Earthlight underscore cafe uh, is our tag for Instagram and new we also have a oh, website yeah. this is new to you yeah this is new to you too this is where we've been yeah. website and events um, <laughs> www.earthlightcafe.com is now our website and I'm also going to be working on launching our Earth School, a virtual platform for being able to have our um, pre-recorded or post-recorded uh, workshops and or lectures or talks um, or other course offerings. Um, it's going to be up on our website uh, for Earth School coming in January 2022. And thank you. Any, thank you so any much. last words maybe from the heart of anything that you want to share? Your, what's your message that you would like to say? Yeah, stay, um, stay connected and always try to remember because anything we talk about here you already knew. And you maybe we're just reminding you of that, you know, mm. we're not teaching you, we're just giving you this lovely reminders that you are already complete and wise and enlightened. I love that. Yes. Thank you. Beautiful. All right. Thank well, you. thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Okay. Part two is coming. Just wait.